Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Lorraine. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jay King. I'm sorry. So what we're about to talk about, you guys, um, is we're talk- about to talk about Sarah Rector. Uh, and she was a black girl who uh, became a millionaire and um, and they deemed her white. They get, they passed legislation to make her white. But I got to tell you guys, I can't talk to you guys um, until uh, we take breaks because this show was taped. So I won't be talking to you. You know, if you want to ask questions and stuff, ask them when you see us taking breaks. But at the end of the, the after we do the show, we take questions. And then we and I'll read your I'll read your question, take them, your name, and all that stuff, and we put it in the whole show because this show was taped. So I just wanted to tell you guys. All right, I'm ready, Mike. Um, good evening, everybody. My name is Jake. Good evening. I'm sorry. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever time you're listening. I hope it's good for you. My name is Jay King. Welcome to the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580 right here in Los Angeles, California. Uh, today we have a good one for you. We're going to talk about uh, America, true American history. I'm one of the few people that don't want to discuss black history anymore. I don't want to discuss black history. I want to discuss true American history because our history is true American history. And this story that I'm going to tell is a true American history story. And I think in a world that's changing, we have to change. In a world that's uh, morphing, we have to morph. We can't have conversations the way we did in the 1900s because we're in the 2000s. And we, If we're going to make sure that we don't get left behind. We have to keep up with the times. So we're going to talk about true American history. You're going to hear a true American historic story about an original American because black folk, African Americans, Alalians, whatever it moors, are true American True Americans, we are here before America is. Again, my name is Jay King, and I am the president of the California Black Chamber of Commerce. I am the leader of the group Club Nubo. I do a radio show at 97.5 FM KDEE in Sacramento every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 3 to 5 p.m. And I do a morning podcast on thejkingnetwork.com called Kings in the Morning from 8 to 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday. And history, especially true American history, is important to me. Our story is going to be about a young lady by the name of Sarah Rector. And Sarah Rector is somebody we all should know because of how significant she was when it came to wealth in the United States and blacks. 
As an 11-year-old, she became wealthy, and by the time she was 12, 13 years old, she was a millionaire. As a matter of fact, she was so rich that she was getting marriage proposals from all over the world as an 11, 12, 13-year-old. Sarah Rector was born in 1902 in an all-black town or near an all-black town called Taft. Um, And Taft is in the eastern portion of Oklahoma. At the time, it was called Indian Territory because Oklahoma was given to the Indians when they started moving them out of the reservations. This is a piece of property that uh, the state of Oklahoma was given to the Indians, to the Muskegee and Creek Indians, and they um, and that's where they lived. That's, that's what their treaty said, that they would live forever. But America, doing what America does, broke its treaty with the Creek Nation. And they decided that they wanted the territory back, but they were going to uh, give the natives of the land, they were going to give them first dibs at property, but they were going to homestead. Now, prior to 1865, if you were uh, African, a black person, and you were a slave, if you escaped into Oklahoma and a slave catcher came into that territory looking for you, whatever happened to that slave catcher in that territory didn't matter because he was in Indian territory. If he got killed there, if he was beaten there, if he was kicked out, there was nothing that the U.S. government would do because it was Indian territory. So once they started taking back the territory, um, there was a treaty in 1866 that was made by the United States with the five civilized tribes. So I just want you to know this information because I want you to understand that the government has been criminal for a long time. And I believe the reason why we haven't received the debt that's owed to us is because we're not very well studied in history, and we um, we attack this conversation from from a wrong lens. We attack it from the point of us being right to ask for what's happened to us, versus us saying what is the proper way to attack this thing to win. And so I think part of it is knowing historically what's happened and then being able to convey that history to, uh, to a body. So Sarah Rector was born in 1902 um, in the all-black town of Taft. Like I said, it's in the eastern portion of Oklahoma. 
It was what they called Indian territory. She had five siblings. Her parents were um, Rose McQueen, her mother, and her father is Joseph Rector. They're both born after slavery in 1881. But they were the black grandchildren of Creek Indians uh, before the Civil War. And they were descendants of the Muskegee Creek Nation after the Treaty of 1866. So and because of this, this made them descendants that were listed as freedmen on the Dawes Rolls, D-A-W-E-S. And I want you guys to understand um, why I'm going to take my time telling you this, because I want you to actually do some of your own research, and, and, it, it, and because it's fascinating. You know, just all of the different moving parts of America and American history. And because they were listed as freedmen on the Dawes Rolls, they were entitled to land allotments because they were part of the five civilized tribes. So Sarah's father, Joseph, was the son of John Rector, John Rector was a Creek freedman. John Rector's father, Benjamin McQueen, was a slave who was enslaved by Riley Grayson. Riley Grayson was a Creek Indian. John Rector's mother, Molly McQueen, was a Muskegee Ope Vela Yohola, who fought in the Seminole Wars and split with the tribe. So they moved Gigi to Kansas. Sarah Rector was allotted. 159.4 acres, or 160 acres. Now, this was a mandatory step in the process of integration of the Indian Territory with the Oklahoma Territory to form what is now the state of Oklahoma. So these were steps they had to take in order to make Oklahoma no longer an Indian Territory and now a state that was part of the United States and not its own separate nation. Now, it's important that we know that because as the land allotments went, it went to the whites got the best land. So because once they took Oklahoma from the, the Indian, the Creek Nation, the five civilized tribes, they started homesteading to whites that wanted to come into the territory. And then they gave the best land that was left over to the chiefs and the 
and, and the five tribes, and then people that were under them, and then people that were under them, and then they left what they call the barren property to blacks, to the blacks that were either free or former slaves. And Sarah Rector was allotted a a parcel that was about 60 miles from where she and her family lived in a place called Glenpool. They didn't give you land and then say, here, this is your land. They gave you land for a reason because then they would tax it. And you had to pay the tax on that land. And so no one cared that the land, the property that they owned, the 160 acres that she had, was 60 miles away from where the family lived. Not only was it 60 miles away, it was on what they considered to be inferior soil. Soil that was not fertile. Soil that was not suitable for farming. All of the all of that land, all of the suitable land for farming, all of the better land was reserved for the white settlers and for the higher members of the tribe. Now, Sarah Rector's family lived simply, but not necessarily in poverty. But there was a $30 annual tax on Sarah's property that was a burden to the family. That that was a cost that um, the father couldn't pay. So he petitioned the Muskegee County Court to sell the land. So he tried to sell the land, and they denied it. They denied it because there were certain restrictions put on the land. They denied it because without him owning the land, they didn't have anybody to pay taxes on that land, and they were more concerned about those $30 a year taxes than they were about whether he could do anything with the land or not, because they know he can't. They've purposely given him land that's not fertile, land that's inferior, land that's 60 miles away from their home. But Joseph is a proud man who's got to figure it out, and he's going to figure it out. And I'm going to tell you how when we come back. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. We're talking about the life and story of a little rich black girl named Sarah Rick. We'll be right back.
I was at Mike. You're drinking. Okay. Is it interesting, you guys? Am I boring? Am I taking? Am I? Is my pace too slow? Let me know, because if it is, then I'll pick it up on the second part. But I need you guys to tell me if it's um, if it's interesting and if it's if it's good. So you guys can give a thumbs up. You can say yes, it's interesting. Yes, or you can say no, Jay. It sucks. Why are you doing this story? End this show now. Come back on another day. Something like that. But I need you guys to say something too. Mike, Mike, is it is it boring you? It's frustrating. Huh? It's frustrating. What's U.S. Fr- government. Yeah. But I'm saying it's the story. Is it? Is it? Oh yeah, no, it's great. We need to hear it. Okay, here we come. We got ten minutes. Okay, Jason. Ten minutes. Okay. It's the Jay King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. This is a story of Sarah Rector. Sarah Rector is a little black girl who happens to be part of the Creek Nation because of her grandparents and great-grandparents, and now she's been allotted 160 acres of land about 60 miles away from where she lives. And uh, the land that she's been allocated is inferior. Uh, The soil is infertile. It's not suitable for farming. Her father doesn't want to know what to do, so he goes to um, the Muskogee County Courthouse to sell his land. He petitions to get, get, to get rid of it. His petition is denied because of the restrictions that's been placed on the land. So he's required to continue to pay taxes, $30 a year, which is a lot of money in 1902. But Joseph Rector is uh, also a smart man. He's a hardworking man. So... Their oil is being used in a lot of different ways, you know, as oil, I mean, as fuel, as a lubricant, as different ways. And there are oil companies that are springing up all over the place. And one such oil company is an oil company by the name of Standard Oil. And so Joseph Rector goes to Standard Oil, and on February 11th, I mean, I'm sorry, goes to Standard Oil, and in February of 1911, uh, he leases Sarah's parcel to the Standard Oil Company. And for a couple of years, nothing is happening, but he doesn't care. He's not paying for this land. He's just happy that, that, you know, the expense is off his back. But in 1913, two years later, there's an independent oil driller by the name of B.B. Jones. And B.B. Jones is drilling oil wells on different properties, and he happened to drill a well on the Sarah Rector property. And one day he drilled, 
and he hit a gusher. And that gusher started to bring in 2,500 barrels of oil a day. And when that happened, Sarah Rector overnight started to receive daily income in the amount of about $300 a day just from that one strike. So now they go from this infertile land that has no value, that you can't farm on it, that is now producing 2,500 barrels of oil a day and $300 in income every day. Today we say $300 a day doesn't sound like much, but in 1913, $300 a day probably adds up into the multiple of thousands of dollars a day in today's money. So right on. So everything changes, right? Wrong. See, there's a law (laughs) that they have. And this law required that full-blooded Indians, black adults, and black children who were citizens of the Indian Territory who started making significant money or who had significant property had to be assigned to a well-respected white guardian. So even though Sarah Rector is making all this money, as soon as she started to receive this windfall, there's a lot of pressure that's put on the the Rector family where her guardianship goes from her parents to a local white resident. His name was either T.J. or J.T. Porter. So now Sarah Rector's family doesn't have guardianship over her or her money. This white man, this well-respected white man, either T.J. or J.T. Porter, um, he was known to the family, but they don't have a relationship. He is now in charge of Sarah Rector's estate. Now, there's a movie out called Killers of the Flower Moon that talk about what happened to the Indians during this time. These things that happened simultaneously, they, they're not what was happening to the Indians also happening to um, the black kids that um, that are that have received this property, that received the windfall. And the sad part about it is this is true American history that you never learned about, that, that we never talk about. And I believe it's because we, we, we fight for our history the wrong way. We fight for our history as black history 
as opposed to true American history. See, I really want America to tell the truth about its history. And that's why I'm telling the story, because this is true American history that most don't know about. As a matter of fact, um, I don't think even most black people know about this story. So TJ now has control of Sarah Rector's estate. And then her allotment becomes part of uh, um, the Cushing Drumright oil field. In October of 1913 alone, just October, of 1913, Sarah Rector received 11,567 dollars in 1913 in one month. Put a pen and paper to that. So now you have a guardianship over a wealth base, we can only imagine. So when you start talking about, so when I hear people say that the black community will be, will be at zero wealth by 2053 if we don't change the direction um, that we're going in now, I can tell you that this is in direct correlation with that because we're talking about Sarah Rector, but we're not talking about Danny Morgan or some of the other kids because we don't know their story because they've been buried. There were 160, or um, I'm sorry, there were 600. I'm going to go right here, Mike. There were 600 black children that received between 140 and 160 acres of land, but we only know about a few. So um, as news of Sarah Rector's wealth started to spread, of course, things changed for her. And um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how she navigated through all this and if she ends up on top of the mountain or at the bottom of the hill when we come back. My name is Jay King, and you're tuned into The Jay King Show at KPLA Talk 1580. All day will come. How many minutes is next one? Great segment. Good stuff. Good. How many, how many minutes? Uh, yeah, we're back on track. Nine, four and a half, four and a half, three, okay. three segments total. Okay, nine, four and a half, four and a half. Okay, perfect. Yeah, at some point hey, we're going to do a yeah. burger school. Yeah, okay, let's I, do it. Let's do it right now. Okay.
This show is sponsored by Highlands Community Charter School. If you're 22 years or older without a high school diploma, Highlands Community Charter School is where you ought to be. Not only will they help you earn your high school diploma, they'll help you find a career pathway, and it doesn't cost a dime, just time and effort. 916-844-2283 is the number. 916-844-2283, Highlands Community Charter School. And remember, it's never too late to get your life in order. You're on. It's the J. King Show at KBLA Talk 1580. And um, we're talking about the history, America. It just happens to be black folk involved in the history, but it's not just black people in the history. It's, it's, it's black, it's native, it's white. It's, it's what America is at this time. We're discussing the life and history of Sarah Rector, a little black girl who is about to walk into uh, a whole new life, a whole new world. In October of 1913, she received royalties just in that one month of $11,567. This is in 1913. And I don't have a calculator, but I wonder if I calculated this if it would be equivalent to making hundreds of thousands of dollars in today's money. I believe it would. Her mother and father have been replaced as guardians by a white resident, uh, either TJ or JT Porter, who uh, is a respected white man and who they have deemed to be better suited and better educated to oversee her newfound wealth. So as um, the news of Sarah Rector's wealth starts to spread around the world, she starts to receive requests for loans. People want money gifts, and people want to marry her. Now, she's only 11 years old at this time. And given her wealth in 1913, the Oklahoma legislator made an effort to have her declared a white woman. Because she had so much money, they wanted her to reap the benefits of her elevated social standing. So as black people during this time, we could not ride in a train in the first class section because we were deemed third class. So they passed legislation that allowed Sarah Rector to travel on a train in first class. And you know, um, things were going fine. JT was, you know, in charge of her money and pretty much paid for everything. But they didn't live. Uh, uh, they didn't live this great life that you know. For all the money they had, they were still basically living the same way. But stories like this, even back then. You can't just keep them contained because this is an amazing story. So about a year later, 
1914, the Chicago Defender, which was uh, an African-American paper, started to take um, some interest in Sarah Rector. And um, there were rumors that were starting that she was a white immigrant who was being kept in poverty. And so the Chicago Defender published an article that claimed that her estate was being mismanaged by the white guardians of the estate because they find out, no, this isn't a white girl, this is a black girl. State is being mismanaged by these decent white people. And so Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois became concerned for her welfare. So in June of 1914, a special agent for the um, NAACP, whose name was James C. Walters, I mean, James C. Waters, Jr., sent a memo to W.E.B. Du Bois about her situation. And so Waters had been corresponding with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the United States Children's Bureau over concerns regarding the mismanagement of her estate. And he wrote of her white financial guardian, is it not possible to have her cared for in a decent manner and by people of her own race instead of by a member of a race which would deny her and her kind the treatment accorded a good yard dog. And from that, W.E.B. Du Bois established the Children's Department for the NAACP. And then he started investigating claims of white guardians who were suspected of depriving black children of their land and their wealth. And then Washington, D.C. got involved. I'm, I'm sorry, not that Washington. And then um, Booker T. Washington. I said, that's the point. I'm sorry. Then Booker T. Washington got involved. And once he got involved to help the Rector family, everything started to change. She got enrolled um, in uh, the children's school, which was a boarding school at the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama in October of that year. That was headed by um, Booker T. Washington. And when she had graduated from that school, she attended the um, um, Tuskegee Institute. So she went from the boarding school to the institute itself. By this time, she was already a millionaire, and she turned 18 in 1920. She owned stocks. She owned bonds. She had a boarding house. She owned businesses, 2,000 acres of Prime River bottomland. And she left Tuskegee with her entire family and moved to Kansas City, Missouri. And in Kansas City, Missouri, she purchased a house on 12th Street known as the Rector House. 
And that house is still there today, and it's um, owned by a local nonprofit who has the intention of restoring and historic to make it a historical and cultural center, you know, preservation. So Sarah Rector's life started to move, and with, you know, with life as you grow up and you get older and you start to learn, and the world is a lot more dangerous for black people then than it is now. Because you can look at a white man the wrong way or white woman the wrong way or accidentally bump into or they could think that you thought you were sedidier and too high on the hog, irrespective of how much money you had, even if you had paperwork making you a white woman, you still weren't. You were still physically black, and America didn't have um, a lot of love for black. As a matter of fact, from 1906 to 1920, you can't even vote. You only get to vote in 1921. And here's this young black woman, teenager, who's a millionaire, who owns stocks and bonds, who owns businesses and boarding house, who now she's, she's moved her family to Kansas City, Missouri. And when she gets to Kansas City, she marries a local businessman named Kenneth Campbell. The wedding is a very private affair. Only her mother and the Campbell's paternal grandmother are present. She and her husband are married in 1920. They have three sons. Their first son, Kenneth, is born in 1925. A year later, they have their second son, Leonard, in 1926. And then three years after Leonard, they have Clarence in 1929. But unfortunately, they divorce in 1930. In 1934, she marries again. This is the life of Sarah Rector the first teenage black millionaire in the United States of America. You're tuned into the J. King Show. So we got how many minutes? Yeah, that went long, but that was good. Okay. Two fours? Two fours? Yeah, we got to keep it tight. Okay, two fours. Got it. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Okay. It's the J. King Show at KVLA Talk 1580. I hope you enjoyed um, the story of Sarah Rector. Uh, Sarah Rector, you know, in 1934, she gets married for the second time. She marries um, a restaurant owner by the name of William Crawford. Um, 
I don't know how long they stay married, but I know that they don't stay together. And, you know, the world is changing. Uh, 1929 is when her third son, Clarence, is born. And Sarah owns stocks and bonds. She has, you know, property. But the um, Great Depression is about to hit the United States of America. And it's going to affect everyone. And Sarah Richter will not be missed in this um, wealth loss because she lost most of her wealth during the Great Depression. As a matter of fact, she lost so much of her wealth, she had to sell her mansion in Kansas City. And even though she lost the majority of her wealth, she still lived a comfortable life. And she had fine taste in clothing and cars, and she, she enjoyed her wealth. And she was no different than any other, other wealthy American of that time period whose wealth was wiped out, some never to return to uh, glory again. Others killed themselves. There were some uh, wealthy people that jumped off of buildings, shot themselves. Sarah Rector through lavish parties. She entertained great celebrities, folks like Count Basie and Duke Ellington and the stars of the day, and she lived a wonderful life. Her story is so buried and incomplete because America has never been great for black people, irrespective of whatever, because the value of us to this country has never been, never been recognized. It's up to us to keep these stories alive, for us to do the digging and to make sure that American history is told to Americans, especially Americans that don't look like us, but that have just as much curiosity about our history, because our history is their history. You're tuned into the J. King Show. This is KBLA Talk 15. We'll be right back for the conclusion. All right. Cool, Jay. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. Um, okay, you ready? Yeah, you can go four minutes here. Okay. I went four minutes there. Yeah, and it, it was, yeah, perfect. All right. 
You're tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. My name is Jay King. It's the Jay King Show. And uh, I do this show every Monday or Tuesday night. I, I take the show. And then we, um, we post it on iHeartRadio. So if you ever just want to follow my shows, any of my past shows, things I've done at other times, and you want to find them, you can um, go download the iHeartRadio app and then search for The J. King Show, The J. King Show, and find all of my past episodes there. And even the show I'm doing tonight, you'll find that in the next couple of days. Mike, my producer, he normally um, gets the, the shows up pretty quickly. And uh, I think you'll find some interesting stories from the past, uh, some historic some historic things, others musical, some political, financial. I do it all. I talk about all of it. I just um, wanted to talk about Sarah Rector, the richest black girl in America, who uh, defied Jim Crow, who was given land that they thought to be worthless, and uh, the joke was on them. Even though they made her father pay for this land that they thought to be barren and infertile, um, she um she won. It, it, she she came up aces, and for that um, we are we have this story. I will say this: uh, Sarah Rector died on July twenty second, nineteen sixty seven, at the age of sixty five. She is buried at the Blackjack Cemetery, uh, Blackjack Cemetery, in her childhood home of Taft, Oklahoma. And that alone makes me want to take a trip to Taft and check out Sarah Rector. And I hope what it does for you all is it inspires you to to, to want to find out who this. Who is Black Girl is? Who is Sarah Rector? And other Creek Nation children from the Dolls Rolls, D-A-W-E-S, R-O-L-E-S, Dolls Rolls, R-O, yeah, R-O-L-E-S, I believe, or R-O-L-L-S, Dolls Rolls, D-A-W-E-S. Do some on research for me. Come back and tell me. My name is Jay King. You're tuned into the Jay King Show on KBLA Talk 1580. I'll see you next time. So the um, when did she die? So John Beckman, she died in the six. It makes me wonder why who were buying the mansions being sold during the Great Depression. Well, so one thing you got to know is um, during the Great Depression, everybody wasn't poor. It's just that uh, it affected 
about 25% of the population went literally went broke. And, and, but there were some people that actually made money during the Great Depression. But uh, if you owned stocks and stuff, you know, you just, it went to zero. It was, there's so much more to read about her that I have to um, that I have to know because she was it was if anybody has any questions anybody want to say something if I want to type something let me see is Kente still with us did he stay with us yeah Kente yeah I'm here sir no no I enjoyed the show man you know I'm just here kicking it. Pulled up, listening Smoke. in the driveway. Smoking your, you doing your puff puff? No, man, I can't puff now. I gotta, you know, I gotta take off because of my meds. So, you know, I'm just listening to the show. I just got off work not too long ago and pulled in and kind of remembered that you said you had a show tonight. And I just called to see was it uh, tonight, and I'm here just listening, bro, playing chess in my car, listening to you. John, I would have to do some research to find out. I don't know if you could buy short on the market at that time. I don't think the market had developed like that yet. You know, it was um, it was probably um, it was probably um, a lot like the dot com bubble in some ways. Less, um, Mr. Elliot said Charlie Chaplin made money. Yeah. He probably did, yeah. But there were people who did make money for certain. All right, so I don't think there's a whole lot of, you know, this was a show I kind of threw together too, John. I mean, Mike, you know, I wasn't. That's about your sack pack. That's the sack pack. Uh, and the sack pack is a and Kate Nocturnal, the sack pack is uh, William Randolph Hearst probably made killing. Yeah, he's probably right. Uh, I'm not gonna no, because this show isn't this show wasn't about the sack pack. This show is about it's too serious to talk about the sack pack. Next week I might do a whole show on the sack pack. All right. Yeah, this show's too serious for that. Jay, you it's never did heavy. a show on this channel before? No. On this station? Oh, okay. That was just so no, hard, I, I guess. Yeah, it's just me talking about it, yeah. Okay. Now that I have it on, now that I have it where it's on, um, um, tape, you know, in case I die, mm-hmm. the history is there. Who owns the land now? Um, what you, um, her land where she, and the the land in um Kansas City, a nonprofit owns it. A nonprofit owns the land in Kansas City, the last house she lived in, and they're going to do a um they're going to do they're going to preserve it. Probably make it into a, a, a 
not a library, but a what do you call it? Museum. A museum. Documentary. Oh, museum. 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 Yeah. Excuse me. You you know it's like um um Malcolm X. Malcolm X is from Nebraska. They haven't they haven't preserved him well to me. You know. Mhm. They haven't preserved him well. You mean his lineage and where he came from and all that? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, I'm gonna go to bed, Captain Mike. Already? <laughs> yep. It's seven fifty-four. I know eleven. It ain't. Oh, it's eleven. No, seven fifty-four. It's almost eight o'clock. You know I'm in bed by eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you had a busy day today, though. I did. Yeah, as usual. Yeah, yeah I'm glad. I, I'm glad I got the tune in. Tell Beckman I said what's up, man. Beckman, uh, can't take that with up. That, that's a great yeah. question, Veronica. Veronica says she'd like to research what her children inherited after she passed. Yeah. All right, I'm glad I'm all right, God, I'm going to bed, you guys. All right, can't take. All right, Mike. All right, man, take care. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.